0: Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12.
1: everybody, welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. I'm your host as usual, Corey. Uh, tonight in studio with us we have Kendall. Hello. And we have Colin. Hey guys. And we got the Mighty Jockstrap with us tonight. Hello. Uh, we couldn't get Brady on with us. Brady's headed to Columbus. Hopefully he's going to get us some, some good photos and things for the game. Uh, I'm kind of jealous because I would love to go. I died to see that game. Ever since it was announced I've wanted to go. So hopefully he gets to have enough fun for both of us um you know real quickly we are going to before we dive too much into these games we've got a special guest with us on the line uh we kind of want to do you guys know as usual our spotlight games we want to kind of get as much into info as that as we can to you guys obviously this week the first and foremost is oklahoma ohio state so we brought in a guest with us to kind of give us a little bit of the ohio state side of things uh on the line with us we have ryan ginn and he's from land of 10 say hi ryan hey everyone uh, real quickly, uh, where can everybody follow you if they want to follow you this week or permanently or whatever? Where can everybody find some of your stuff on the internet and things?
2: On Twitter, I am at rmginn, R-M-G-I-N-N. And then our website is landoften.com with a, a one and a zero, not T-E-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, just click on the Ohio State icon or whatever team you want and you can find our work. Uh, I'm our one of our Ohio State b writers
1: okay all right and I'll, I'll be totally honest i was telling you these guys the other day i really like the land of tin stuff um more so than a lot of the, like the big Ten network and things like that uh the nebraska writer you gotta forget her name off the top of my head uh but she's really good she's really good follow on twitter too um she's pretty active yeah, so, so uh what's her name do you know what her name is Aaron Sorensen. Aaron Sorensen, that's it. That's her, yeah. I, I don't know how, I don't even remember how, but I found her one night, I think during a game, a conversation or something was taking place, and I found her on Twitter. So uh, she's a lot of fun to follow. So, yeah, if you guys, um, if you're at all interested in the Big Ten or Big Ten Network, feel free to go go give them guys a follow. They do a really good job. Um, first of all, you said, just so people know, you said first and foremost you write articles for Lane of Ten. That's your main job there?
2: Yeah, I mostly cover – just Ohio State football, uh, a little bit of recruiting, but we we have another guy for that, so I mostly just do Ohio State football, um, you know, articles and um, interviews, columns, things like that.
1: okay all right, well let's let's take a look real quick at the Ohio State side of things on this game here this weekend. Um, you know, as you know, I was there last year in Norman when it went down and it was pretty ugly. Uh, it was kind of an embarrassment for the conference and the game, to be honest. And and if you're an Oklahoma fan, I'm sure it didn't feel too good either because Ohio State, after about the first quarter, pretty much took that thing over. Um, If you had to, you know, kind of earmark first and foremost, what is a little different about this team? Like maybe what do they not do as well as they did last year?
2: For Ohio State, I would say obviously they they lost – Three first-round picks in the defensive secondary, so both cornerbacks and a safety uh, are gone and off to the NFL, and they replaced one of those cornerbacks quite well with Denzel Ward, who I think is is very good. But uh, there's a lot of youth back there uh, at the other cornerback spot, and they kind of rotate guys. They have a lot of really good freshmen, but those guys are young. And then I would say, you know, safe, safety is still something there kind of working through, they, they rotated guys a little bit opposite Damon Webb, where they had um, Eric Smith and um, Jordan Fuller kind of swapping series a little bit. And so the defensive backs, I would say, need a little bit of work. Uh, if you saw the Indiana game, Richard Lego, the Indiana quarterback, had quite a bit of success in the first half. And I do think part of that was just that he was on fire, and he was making throws that just couldn't be stopped but Mm -hmm. there were a few coverage breakdowns that probably wouldn't happen last year and don't think there were as many turnovers as as there might have been in years past so uh that's one area off the top of my head uh i will say you know i think it's still worth monitoring mike weber the running back and and what his situation is obviously jk dobbins the true freshman running back looked really good he rushed for 181 yards against indiana but Obviously, they'd like to have their returning starter and Big Ten freshman of the year back, but Urban Meyer announced on Thursday that J.K. Dobbins is going to get the start, and I think that's more a reflection on where Mike Weber is health-wise uh, than you know, any concerns they have about his, his play or anything like that. So I'd say that's a, probably a, a cause for concern. And then the wide receivers, uh, I'm sure Oklahoma fans remember Noah Brown and, and what he did to – Oklahoma last year's four touchdown catches mm-hmm. one of them was just absolutely absurd and I believe was nominated for an S B, but he's yeah. gone and with the Dallas Cowboys now and the receivers are a little bit hit or miss so uh, that's obviously I think I think that's probably the biggest area of stress for Ohio State fans is the the passing game and specifically what the re- wide receivers are doing whether it's not getting enough separation or dropping balls at key times or just you know getting out-muscled for a 50-50 ball. So those are probably the, the areas of concern, I'd say, for Ohio State. Okay. Yeah.
3: So on the defensive side of the ball, you know, when you look at this game, one of the the major things that happened with uh, Oklahoma's offense is Baker Mayfield's ability to, to extend plays, get out of the pocket, and, and he's able to find that receiver, you know, whenever he has extra time. Has there been an emphasis this week on the uh, defensive line really trying to keep him inside that pocket?
2: Yeah, I'd say it's kind of like a mix there because obviously they, they want to keep him from running and they'll probably have the linebacker Jerome Baker even spying him on third downs and you know key situations like that, which was something they did last year. But they've kind of resigned themselves to the fact that you can't completely contain him and so you just kind of have to, I guess, work through... You know, not get discouraged whenever he does get out because they know they're not going to have 100% success rate there. And it was really interesting hearing the defensive lineman this week describe how they plan to attack him because they said, if, you know, your instinct obviously is to go 100% and get there as soon as possible. And they said, if you do that against Baker Mayfield, you're done for because he's so elusive that he'll just, you know, either step forward in the pocket or sidestep you, do a little spin move, really anything. And you kind of have to go at him at 80 to 90% to make sure that if he you know, shifts or makes a move of any sort that you're not dead in the water because that will happen if you just sprint full speed towards him. So it's really interesting. They're going to have to adjust their line of attack at least a little bit um, just in terms of kind of controlling him and also making sure that, that he doesn't break free and embarrass them.
1: Um uh, last year you really noticed Ohio State and and obviously there was a clear deficit at Oklahoma at, at the one cornerback spot the other one they're not bad at all Jordan Thomas is pretty good but uh the, you know they had a very undersized small corner Dakota Austin just filling in uh after Sanchez left for the NFL uh they they developed some freshmen and they've gotten better at that position and they're pretty pretty solid at both cornerback spots this year the other thing you really saw was Oklahoma or Ohio State ran right at the nickel spot where they were also playing another undersized guy. Um, They've kind of shared those two spots up to the point that they're probably going to be a lot more confident about their ability to stop Ohio state there. So with that said, um, what do you look for Ohio state to try to expose? Is there something that you feel like they've seen or, or is it just going to be about them trying to get their best playmakers in space instead of maybe attacking a certain area?
2: Yeah, I think what you said there at the end uh, really hit on, on what they're going to try to do. Uh, It seems to be something that they they figured out in the second half of the Indiana game as as Kevin Wilson and his players kind of got in a rhythm and got got a feel for, I guess, the flow of play calling and things like that, with obviously this being his first game at Ohio State. And I I think if you're Ohio State, they'll probably look to run a lot of 5- and 10-yard routes that get – guys like Paris Campbell or K.J. Hill or Johnny Dixon, you know, three of their more explosive receivers, get them out into space, find one of them, a good matchup, get them matched up against a linebacker or something like that or a safety and let them do their thing. It seems to be something that that worked once they figured it out against Indiana. And Obviously, Oklahoma's a, a different beast. You know, it's, it's different being defended by Oklahoma than Indiana, but that's really their strength, and they're going to try and match up there. Uh, I will look for them. I would say they'll probably target their bigger receivers a little bit more now that they kind of felt out how everything was. I was a little surprised. They have a six four receiver, Benjamin Victor, who's a sophomore now, who's really good in my opinion, has a really high ceiling, and I would look for him to get more targets than he did against Indiana. I think he's a guy who on the outside can, you know, really present a matchup problem regardless of the team you are facing. And Austin Mack on the inside a little bit as a guy I'd watch too, Is a guy who can kind of come over the middle and, and beat a guy, um, you know, on a slant or anything like that. And then, you know, pick up those 20 yard gains that Ohio state's really been deficient at, uh, for the last year or so. Uh, that's, he, he's a guy who I think can turn that into a strength for them. Mm-hmm.
3: You know,
2: uh, JT Barrett focus on the quarterback here. Uh, it feels like from an
3: from outside looking in, that guy's been there forever. It just seems like he's he's been making big plays yes. for, for years and years. And so if you had to say one thing that makes him special as a, as a
2: quarterback, what what is it that makes him special? I'd say he's a competitor. That's really the biggest thing to me. Uh, he has dropped off in accuracy each of the last two years, and uh, I guess this season will determine whether that was because of a – new offensive coordinator who's now gone but was there for those two years or the wide receivers or the offensive line anything like that or whether it's just that you know he had an out of body experience in 2014 I guess we're still waiting for the the verdict to be out on that one but I will say you know you don't win almost 30 games in you know four years and rewrite the Ohio State record book by accident you know he's only had I think four losses at Ohio State and it's because he makes the smart play and over the, he's, he's a really knowledgeable guy and he's just a tremendous competitor. And it seems like a cliche and I'm kind of doubtful sometimes of, you know, when people talk about certain people being clutch, because generally I think, you know, high performing athletes are often at their best pretty much throughout the game. And it just kind of goes in in waves. But I will say he, he has a knack for, you know, when, when things are tight and, if there's anyone on the opposing team who tightens up, he'll find that weakness and exploit it. He's been very good in the second half of games. Uh, it's kind of his fault sometimes that Ohio State gets into these predicaments. Uh, the offense was absolutely brutal against Michigan last year. They looked just awful for the entire first half. I believe their only touchdown was on a, a pick six, that a ball that Michigan shouldn't have thrown. And then somehow, you know, he, he willed them back to tie it and then won it in overtime overtime. Ohio State scored touchdowns in both overtime periods. The same thing happened at Wisconsin. So just I think when things get tight, he's really calm. He's a calming influence on everyone. And it's just I think it's a little bit of the competitor in him. And he kind of loves it when the pressure's on him.
1: Uh, Last year, you know, you saw Mark Andrews, the tight end, come on for Oklahoma a little bit. Uh, Now, especially after game one, he's kind of fallen into his own. He kind of seems to be at least early on the focal point for Baker Mayfield in this offense in the passing game. Uh, whereas opposed to, you know, like D was, was his main guy to go to last year. And then also, uh, true freshman Grant Calcaterra had come along for the ride this last weekend and they both did really well. They did a lot of two tight end sets and things like that. Um, is there something in the big 10, uh, or recently that they've played that will prepare Ohio state for an attack like that? Have they seen anything quite like those two?
2: I would say they probably haven't seen anything along those lines uh just I don't know if the Big Ten has anyone with that Michigan had a really good tight end Jake Butt who was really good and could do a lot of different things but it's been really interesting hearing everyone talk about Mark Andrews and all the different things he can do everyone's been super complimentary of the fact that he's kind of like a wide receiver in a a tight end body and just can uh, do a lot of different crazy things so uh, I think this one is pretty much just going to be a feeling-out process for the Ohio State defense, and they're going to trust their their corners, their safeties, and their linebackers to, to figure it out. Um, but it's definitely going to be a problem, I think, in the early going, and it's going to be something that they're going to have to kind of figure out a solution as it goes on. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. I,
3: now, Greg Schiano was recently quoted as saying this, this defensive line that he's working with at Ohio State – is the best he's ever been around as far as a college level, and even at his time in Tampa Bay at a professional level. So uh, for you as a rider who's been covering the Big Ten, who's had multiple great defensive lines, is this the best that you've ever seen as far as, as riding?
2: Yeah, they're really good. Uh, I would say they're probably the best defensive line in the country. They're certainly the best that I've ever covered. I do think uh, Shiano was being a little bit hyperbolic in that hmm. statement. I will say – so, obviously, I, I'm, I'm very big on thinking, like, I, I, I think it's insane to ever question, you know, the people who say would the best college team beat the worst pro team. Uh-huh. I, I don't ever think that would happen. I, I think the worst NFL team would run Alabama off the field because those guys are all Alabama stars, uh-huh. you know, all on one team. So, I don't actually think Shiano was literally saying that. But at the same time, I do think they have a bunch of guys who – When when they get to the NFL one day, you know, if you put all those guys together, you know, and they're developed five years from now, yeah, there's a chance they could be as good as that that Bucks line. But I I don't think you know, 18 year old Chase Young is there yet. He just has the potential to be one day. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will say, I thought there was a a legitimate chance that three of them would go to the NFL last year, and none of them did, which is is pretty shocking. Tyquan Lewis was the. Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year. I thought he was gone for sure. He had already been here for four years. Uh, Sam Hubbard is another guy I thought had a chance to go. Uh, he's just such a freak athlete. Um, he used to be uh, a safety in high school, and now he's a defensive end and a, a pretty big one at that. But they can use a linebacker. Jalen Holmes is also kind of an athletic freak. And then, you know, in his second year now, Nick Bosa, Joey's little brother, might be the the best of the bunch with the highest ceiling. He he was relentless. Uh, I saw in Pro Football Focus graded him the, I believe, the highest-rated defensive player in the country for the Week One games when they graded everything out, which you know, shows you what he did against Indiana. And then they have, you know, as their third string on each side of that, they have Jonathan Cooper, who was a five-star in the class of twenty seventeen, and Chase Young, who was a five-star, and I think the number seven player in the country in the class of 2017 who's you know both those guys were on the field in the the first and second quarter which you know shows you as the fifth and sixth options just how how kind of deep they roll and now Draymond Jones as a defensive tackle in the middle has kind of solidified that because Ohio State's weakness on the defensive line it's been that they had all these defensive ends but no one in the middle but Draymond Jones a defensive tackle has really come on over the past year or so, he's a guy who's been popping up in, in mock drafts and gotten some praise from NFL guys. So that's been really – that's that's honestly one of the biggest parts of it is now they have someone to take the focus in the middle. So they're really good. I will say uh, this will obviously be their biggest test of the season. Um, just watching Oklahoma's offensive line, they're some monsters. I've, I've heard people say they're the best offensive line in the country uh, and – Enough people have said it that I'll take their word of it. And I can't even begin to imagine how they're going to attack Zeus Brown, but I'm very interested to watch how that unfolds.
1: Yeah, that's – I mean, between these two groups, the offensive line at Oklahoma and the defensive line at Ohio State, I mean, it's fair to say you're looking at probably 10 guys that will – at minimum have a cup of coffee in the NFL cup of coffee cup of coffee if i can say that correctly in the NFL so um i mean there's probably there's several draft picks across both groups this is this might be the best matchup people are going to see all year in the trenches it may not get much better than this so uh i'm definitely excited to watch it uh one last question i had you you, you know jk dobbins oklahoma fans the ones that are serious and follow recruiting know who the kid is um oklahoma was after him hard there was a there was a brief window where they thought they had a good shot to get him, so they're familiar with him. They know his abilities and everything. Uh, you know he's pretty he's pretty spectacular. He's everything. I th- he's definitely gained some weight because I was a little worried about maybe some of his size early on, but he's definitely uh, answered those questions. But um, you know behind him, you know you talked about Weber, who may or may not get to make much of an impact on this game. If he's not there. Uh, you know, you said that might be a little bit of an issue for Ohio State. Is it critical? Do they have someone there that can kind of answer that bell? Is it Williams, McCall? Can any of those guys be counted on?
2: It's going to be interesting because Antonio Williams is a guy who some people had left for dead, even though this is his second season, just because he'd been passed up by a true freshman and it, it didn't look good for, you know, down the line his career at Ohio State. But he could be a guy who, who's called upon. Uh, if needed, I, I will say I don't necessarily see it in their best interest to run J.K. Dobbins 29 times against Oklahoma like they did against Indiana. Mm-hmm. I think just when you watch that defense, they're they're big and physical, and you know, not to be disrespectful to Indiana, but uh, they do not have as imposing a defense. And also, he's now not completely fresh. He obviously. He hadn't played a game since his junior year of high school because he got mm-hmm. he broke his uh, ankle on the the first play of his senior season. So I mean he was as, as fresh as you could possibly get, and now he's you know one week removed from twenty nine carries and, and you know kind of taking a beating there. And I, I don't think they'll be doing that again. So I would say obviously Williams is an option. Uh, running Barrett more is an option, but I wouldn't advise it because he's probably. You know, just the nature of the position, it, quarterbacks are not efficient runners. And so I think you're giving up a couple yards per carry anytime you do that. I would personally, I think they should involve Paris Campbell more, who, you know, has been a receiver the last few years, but is kind of in that Curtis Samuel H-back role this year. And I'm a little surprised they didn't get him more carries, you know, at, at a spot where you're expected to do both. And I, I think he's a guy who, if they wanted to, could run those jet sweep type things and you know kind of eat some carries there and Demario McCall obviously I think is a very talented player it's up in the air right now Ohio State's been kind of mysterious about his health and Urban kind of vaguely said before the first game that you know he I believe had surgery in the spring that wasn't the biggest deal but it kept him out for a while and it's just about kind of making sure he stays healthy and is strong enough and, and they feel good enough to throw him out there. So I'm not sure he'll be an option against Oklahoma if he wasn't last week, which he didn't seem to be. I think he only played on, on special teams primarily. So I would say it's probably just going to be a mix of throwing more uh, and then using either Paris Campbell or, or JT Barrett with a, you know Antonio Williams sprinkled in it if Mike Weber can't go at all. Okay,
1: that's fair. Yeah. Um, one, one last thing I wanted to get you, get from you before we turned you over to jockstrap. Uh, is there kind of a, are you willing to, are you able to give some kind of prediction on this game or do you feel like you still need to do some more, some more studying on it?
2: No, I'm, I'm always willing to give a prediction and, uh, I, I'm, I'm so used to being wrong that it doesn't even phase me anymore, but I asked someone for, what's
1: that? I said, welcome to the club.
2: Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's it's hard. I, I tell people all the time, you know, like they say, "Oh, this horrible prediction." I was like, "They pay me to write what did happen, not what will happen." Hey, that's so, fair.
1: Uh, yeah, that's fair.
2: They uh, I, anytime I ask someone for a prediction, I always appreciate it when they do. So I I always, you know, try to you know put an actual score out there when I get asked. So I'll say, uh, it's kind of interesting. I think Ohio State fans are split. Where some people were. Horrified when they saw the the opening betting line was anywhere from seven and a half to nine points, and thought Ohio State shouldn't be favored nearly that much. And then there were others who kind of think, well, Ohio State won by that much on the road last year, mm-hmm. and Ohio and Oklahoma had you know Joe Mixon and Samaje Perine and and Didi, uh, and you know obviously those are three really big weapons right there, but. I'm kind of of the mind that that was kind of a worst-case scenario game for Oklahoma. I really don't think it was representative of them over the course of the season, and I, I would say the rest of the year reflected that because I don't think they've lost since then. So
1: uh-uh.
2: I, I do think it probably wouldn't have looked like that if those two teams had played in November. I, I don't know who would have won. I agree. I, yeah. I, I don't think Oklahoma would have allowed them to just you know, run them off the field like that a few months later, they kind of came into their own halfway through the season, it seemed like. So I'm not really using last year's game as a basis of judging Oklahoma. So I'll say uh, right now, you know, my gut instinct is that Ohio State will probably win by about 7 to 10 points. I, I think when when someone asked me, my prediction was uh, – 35 to 27, Okay, I want to say. And that that feels about right to me. I would not be surprised at all if, if Oklahoma came in here and won because they're such a talented team, and everyone likes to point to Lincoln Riley being someone who's coaching his second game, but he's he's been in that program for a few years. He's obviously a highly respected offensive mind, and he learned from Bob Stoops, and this is the guy I imagine the way it played out that Bob Stoops wanted to replace him mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. So it's totally different situation than if they just, you know, gotten some random person who hadn't been at Oklahoma the last few years. So I don't, I don't really buy into the stock that he will be a hindrance of any sort to them. Uh, ultimately, I do think though that the last three or four recruiting classes, Ohio State probably has a better roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the 2017 class was Oklahoma's, I think, first top 10 class in a while, and those guys are, are still true freshmen. So yep. Uh, I'm not ready to, to commit to that. But, you know, with Baker Mayfield, anything can happen. So I would not be surprised if Oklahoma won. But I do think Ohio State is probably about a touchdown better, maybe slightly more than that if you factor in uh, the fact that it's on the road for Oklahoma. But um, that, that's kind of where I see it. But, it, again, it, I expect a close game of some sort. And I will say that Ohio State would probably be advised not to leave it too late uh, just because uh, they don't know what they can get out of their kicker. Uh, he, they they rarely have attempted you know field goals longer than 40 yards the last couple of years, and I don't think it's a situation. When you get in, into a battle with a guy like Baker Mayfield, I, I don't think that's someone you want to see with the ball and a chance to win or, or a guy that you want to see in overtime only needing you know 25 yards to score. It, it could be a situation where uh, they're at a disadvantage there.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And and I don't know about you, but isn't it always shocking that programs like Ohio State, when they can't find a kicker? <laughs>
2: it is. Like it that amazes. stuns it's me. Same with like, Alabama and teams like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's not so hard, you know. But for whatever reason, they, they had a guy in 2014 who was a freshman who kicked for the national championship team, and he was, you know, good, not great, but he was solid. And then the next two years he got beat out by – uh, you know, walk-on graduate transfers, which was obviously not encouraging, and he's so—it's his job again. But they only attempted like a 25-yarder or something like that against Indiana. It's just field goals, like it was like a 19-yarder and a 25-yarder. So mm-hmm. they, I, they honestly have no idea what would happen if they needed a 45-yarder.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, we're going to turn you over to Jockstrap real quick so he can ask you his questions. We'll let you get
2: out of here. Hi. Right. Number one. It's good. What is, what is the best bar in Columbus? Oh, man. Uh, that is a great question. <laughs> um, there's this sort of uh, hole-in-the-wall joint called the Beer Stube down on High Street that is kind of beloved. It's, uh, it's grown a little decrepit, but the locals seem to love it, so uh, that's one I'd throw in there. I'd say if any Oklahoma fans are traveling to the game, uh, you cannot go wrong on, on anywhere on High Street or near campus, and the, the short north area is definitely like going to be the place to be. But uh, the beer stoop kind of has this weird classic charm, and I, I'm a sucker for old places, so I, I enjoy it. Uh,
1: number two, can you eat a buckeye?
2: You can eat uh, a dessert version of it. I, the, the actual buckeyes that grow on trees are poisonous, so do not eat those but they make uh, this, this candy that's peanut butter on the inside and chocolate on the outside that, mm. that looks like the, uh, the nut that grows on trees, and it's really good. So, again, for any Oklahoma fans that are you know, coming for <laughs> the game or ever in Columbus, get the candy. Do not eat Buckeye nuts <laughs> off trees. <laughs> uh, that's okay. the
1: best piece of advice you'll get all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I right. never no, really. have you or anyone you personally know ever dotted the eye
2: uh I have not and no one I know has um I've only been in Ohio for about five years so uh, I can't even remember if there's been a uh, a sometimes they have celebrities do it like I think Jack Nicholas the golfer did it uh, back in the day and he's an Ohio State grad and they had Woody Hayes do it. And I believe uh, the astronaut John Glenn has also done it. He's an Ohio native and used to be a, a congressman from Ohio. So uh, yeah. those are the big names that I can remember. Oh, Earl Bruce, the former coach uh, of Ohio State in the 1980s, dotted the I last year. That, that's happened. So I guess I technically know Earl. Uh, I wouldn't say we're friends or anything, but I've <laughs> interviewed him before. So that's the closest I can get to saying... I know someone who's dotted the I because I don't know any of the band members who have done it.
1: Alright, man. Uh, thanks, Jockstrap. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, Thanks to Ryan, guys. Yes. Do we have anything else we need to, to get through him before we let him get out of here and live his life? Yeah. No, Ryan, we really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, yeah. thank you so All much, right. Ryan. We very much appreciate it. Really appreciated it. Um, we One last time, where can everybody find you at if they want to follow you?
2: I am at It's at R-M-G-I-N-N on Twitter, and uh, you can find our work at landof10.com, and the 10 is a a one zero, not T-E-N. So you can just find us there and click on the uh, Ohio State icon, and that will take you to all our stuff, or you can obviously follow. Uh, any other teams? I know, you know, some Big Twelve fans might still have a passing interest in Nebraska, at least. Yeah, uh, maybe not too much. I guess when they get ready
1: to play Oklahoma again here in a few years, but yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on with us. You can't imagine how much we appreciate this. Uh, maybe we'll find a reason to get to talk to you down the road.
2: Awesome. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank you. That's right. Bye. 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 All
1: right, that was Ryan again from Land of Ten. Do we need to reset or anything? Are we good to go? Everybody ready to go for this thing? Okay, so uh, again, thank you, Ryan. We appreciate that. Um, You know, you guys, if you get a chance, if you have any kind of passing interest in the Big Ten, I know most of us here don't as far as, uh, you know, we're not going to be sitting at home in our recliners reading stuff about them. But, um, you know, if you do have some interest, I do recommend Land of Ten. They do a great job there. Uh, Real quickly, anything – Anything at all we took from that that you wanted to mention or bring up or highlight?
3: Uh, well, I mean, I thought, I thought his analysis of – well, the defensive lineman's analysis of Baker Mayfield was interesting about how you – you want attacking, but you've got to make sure that you're doing it the right way. You can't go full out because he'll, he'll beat you. You know, he's slippery enough to get outside the pocket or, or miss you. So, I thought that was pretty interesting analysis hearing, you know, linemen of that stature say, hey, you, you've got to kind of – when you go up to him, you almost can't go 100%. percent you got to mm-hmm. make sure you, you watch what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to know how to coach that too because I, I can distinctly remember in the last few years uh, Mike Stoops in some games, uh, you know, Johnny Manziel and some others where he had to try to come up with a way to teach his linemen that, and it just looked horrible. I, it, you just that it, We always hated it as as OU fans that halfway, half rush, you know it it just looks terrible on film and and, and a lot of times it didn't work very well so it, it's definitely something um you know to watch out for because if you do let Baker loose, that's i mean look at his numbers i it's clear i mean he's at his best when you pressure him right uh i mean his, his numbers against the blitz are just insanity compared to most quarterbacks in the country so you know it's definitely something you you've got to prepare for um i'm interested you know obviously i like you a couple i think it was 2 weeks ago when uh they asked Shiano about that my ears perked up too like huh you know because (laughs) like he said you know I some of the really great college teams could do decent work against some of the really good NFL team or some of the really bad NFL teams but I'm like him I don't think you're ever gonna find one that's just gonna to beat him or anything so as soon as he said something like that now I did kind of take from it the same thing he did where he said if I remember right the quote was something like this is the most talented I've been around and you know, maybe he sees that talent five to ten years right. from now and what that's going to look like or something. I'm not sure. So, right. that'll be yeah. something to watch for.
3: Well, I almost think it was kind of like a a good ploy, too, for, like, recruiting and things like that. Like, we are now the the land of defensive linemen. Like, mm-hmm. if you come here, you're going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I almost think that was – it was almost like 50% him pumping these guys up and 50% telling the younger guys in their high school, hey – if you come here, you got a chance to be special. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's kind of, I think it's playing both sides of the card. I, I thought it was a pretty smart comment, actually.
1: Yep. Um, okay, let's roll on to these previews here. Uh, do you guys want to start with Oklahoma, Ohio State, since we, well. since we got it fresh on the brain here? Wrong. Uh, we that didn't wasn't it. Do what? <laughs> that wasn't it. What wasn't it?
0: The forty minute interview we just did. Oh no, no. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about the Oklahoma side of it because we didn't really get to do that real quick. So I thought we'd bring that up real quickly. All right. Forty minute interview but we haven't even been on the air forty minutes. Um, Okay. All right. Let's go to um, starting with Oklahoma. That game is on ABC at 630, obviously. Um, You can catch that, I'm assuming, unless you – well, no, I guess Cox. I remember hearing some people were fighting over Cox because they were talking about canceling that. So I guess that that got settled now. Okay. So if not, I would recommend just going to the store and buying an HD antenna. I don't really know what else to tell you other than that um but yeah you can catch that game on abc it should be on everybody listening to us as you know major A- abc affiliate. so uh you know real quickly starting out with you kendall mm-hmm. um you know what are some things that you think oklahoma will have since we've kind of focused on Ohio high state what are some things you think oklahoma will have success with in this game
3: well i mean uh one thing that i'm really interested in watching i mean obviously we know oklahoma has the number one offensive line by many people say you know mm-hmm. and then on the other side, you have Ohio State, who many say is the best defensive line in the country. So, to me, those two things kind of cross each other out. you you got, uh, you got to look at them and you're saying, basically, Ohio State's going to win sometimes, some plays, and then Oklahoma's going to win some plays. I think they're going to kind of balance each other out throughout the game. So, to me, the key to this game, just looking at it, is how well does Oklahoma's defensive line stack up against Ohio State's offensive line? Mm-hmm. To me, that, that's, the, that's the key to watching this game as to how this game turns out. Because if, if Oklahoma can come in and be, you know, hold them to a stalemate, make plays uh, up front, I think this game goes down to the wire. I mean, to the last possession type game. Mm-hmm. If they, they struggle up front, um, I think Ohio State has an advantage there and can run the ball and, and you know, win the game by, say, 7, 10 points.
1: Colin, do you got any thoughts? <clears throat> what you think Oklahoma might be able to do well this game?
0: Uh, I think they'll be able to pass the ball pretty good. I'd, I'd be interested more on kind of what Kendall's saying. Will Oklahoma be able to run the ball? I think that's going to that's going to be key. I know we didn't see a lot of it last week just because of the you know the blowout that happened in Norman, but it'll be interesting to see how the running game works out.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see that too because again, you don't have now again, I do think Trey Sermon could be eventually kind of your banger beater back. He's a very strong powerful kid for a freshman. I mean, I don't know how else to put it other than he's a man in an 18-year-old's body. Uh, you know, I, he's going to do some amazing things, I think, eventually. But other than that, they don't have a guy that's just real physical. So it's going to be – I think you're going to see some more of, you know, I think they're going to try to, if I had to guess, pick Ohio State part on the outside, whether it's the running game, whether it's the wide receiver play. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the success that Indiana had. I will say this, that quarterback was dropping some dimes. Right, those defensive were. backs were right there with a lot of those receivers. And it was one of those deals where – he put it where only his quarter, his, his guy could go get it. So uh, not that Baker Mayfield can't do that. Right. Uh, that's going to come down to the offensive line matchup being the big key because I, I firmly believe if you can give Baker Mayfield time, Oklahoma can't be beat. I mean, that's just my opinion by just about anybody. I don't know who. If you can't stop him and you give him the time to be able to make a decision, I don't know a team in this country that's going to beat them. So that's why I think that's that important.
3: Yeah, and one other thing I really want to see is I want to see how they match up against Andrews. He's kind of like that mismatch guy where you put a linebacker on him, he's way too fast. You, put, mm-hmm. you, put, you try to put like a nickel back on him, he's so big, he can just push you all around. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious to see how they line up against him and how they kind of attack him because, to me, he is the, the X factor in, as far as OU's offense. He can make – if he's allowed to make plays like he has been like in the last couple of weeks, um, it, it's going to be an interesting game. Mm-hmm. But if, yeah, that's, that's one of the big things, the question marks I have on this game is how do they line up against him?
0: Yeah, and I think that's going to be a primary focus of that defense is going to be stopping him. I mean, if you come out, if you watch last week's game at all, any coaching staff, their entire focus this week is we're going to take away Mark Andrews and make the other guys do something. Right. Because yep. he carried it last week in the receiving game.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see, too, how when Oklahoma lines up in those two tight end sets because they did yeah. do it some, and I think they saw enough success. I think Riley – you know, said, let's try this and see how it looks. And I think it went over so well that you're going to see it a lot more this weekend. I think you're going to see a lot of it, especially if it comes into a position where they need to run the ball better between the tackles and maybe they're not having as much success. I could firmly believe that because then you're going to really set up the play action out of that set out of that formation if possible. So um, that's definitely something I would look for them to do. So, um, you know, I would look to see if maybe Ohio state on their side of the ball, I, I'll be honest, they, This game didn't scare me as bad as it did last year. The big thing I had last year into this game was I didn't – with Ohio State being basically the most experienced inexperienced team in the FBS last year, you know, I maybe took that for granted. Even with how good their class had been recruiting, I just thought, you know, that's too much to ask of a bunch of young guys. And they did well. They handled it well. Oklahoma made a bunch of mistakes, gifted them picks and turnovers and things, and it just went crazy. Um, If you line them up evenly, I feel like Oklahoma is definitely the more strong offensive team especially when you look at possibility of them only having one running back. <clears throat> that's really good enough to start and be out there. Um, and after seeing Baker spread the ball around so much, I mean, so many guys caught a pass. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but tons of receivers got passes last week. So, you know, that that that's definitely one thing Oklahoma can hang and sat on. And I, I kind of agree with Kendall. I think it's going to come down to, you know, the, obviously the offensive line needs to stop their defensive line, but I think to some degree that's going to be a, a wash. You're going to have, they're going to have success. They're going to get some sacks. I'm sure Baker will go down a few times. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some situations where Oklahoma blows them up and somebody gets a big gain or whatever. Uh, I think the other way, <clears throat> I think if Oklahoma's defensive line can have some success against their offensive line, I think things that's going to kind of be where Oklahoma's going to have a chance to really win this thing because Barrett – Barrett is not a quarterback that if you get him out of his element does well to me. Like he's not a guy like Baker that handles pressure as well. I don't yeah. I personally don't think so.
3: No, and I think I think the focus has to be stopping the run. Because if you if you can stop the run and make JT Barrett be the guy that has to come in and throw the ball around to win, you got an advantage there. Yes. As, as good as JT Barrett is, he's special whenever he's got a play action and things like that 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 he can use to his advantage. Mm-hmm. That's whenever he's at his best. So if you could take away that run game, that will be huge favor of Oklahoma going into this game.
1: Yep. All right. Anything else you guys want to add to this game? I'm excited. I'm ready to watch it. It's going to be a big one. Uh, anything else you want to mention about this one? or Anything, Colin? Okay. Mm. All right. The next one I've got on my schedule. I don't know how you guys went about a schedule. Uh, I got West Virginia pulled up here against East Carolina. Okay. Uh, this one is a Saturday, September 9th at noon Eastern, so it'll be 11 o'clock our time. Um, I, I'm not sure it's going to have to be some kind of regional. I've got it listed at FS2 uh, on theirs, but as people that are there in West Virginia, uh, I was talking to some of the guys up there, they thought it might be on some channel locally they have. I can't, I don't remember what they told me. I was talking to the West Virginia guys this week, so if you're listening to this from Morgantown, I'm not sure what to make of that. You might be able to find it on there, but everybody else, it says FS2. Uh, so. Any thoughts real quickly on this one? I haven't got to see it's, East Carolina yet much other well, than I know who their leaders are on offense. That's about it.
3: Well, I mean, to me, it comes out of one thing. Spavanal, run the damn ball. I mm-hmm. mean, it's that simple. I mean, that that was the reason why they got beat last week. They, they should have won that game last week. So, to me, there has to be an emphasis. If there's not an emphasis this week, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's whenever I think Holgerson's really going to have to, like, call him in the office and be like, hey, things have got to change. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me – that's that's one thing that I if I'm a West Virginia fan watching this game, I better see Crawford, and, and the way, all them guys get like tons of carries here. They, mm-hmm. they better just load up and run. Yeah, you know that that's that's what I want to see.
1: If there's a game you're going to be able to do it, this is one of them. I mean, you really if he if he needs kind of a a cushion to get comfortable to run the ball, I don't know what you get better than East Carolina to do that. You no. know what I mean? Like, and no offense, East Carolina, I'm sure no. they're a solid football team, but when it comes down to a team on their conference, and I can't remember. Do you remember who they played third game off the top of their head? I can't remember right now. But I'm thinking this is probably the weakest one they're going to play, especially defensively. Uh, and if that's the case, then, you know, if you're going to get comfortable running the ball, it's got to be Delaware this State. Delaware State. I was going to say Delaware. Dang it, I should have said that. I knew it was Delaware. Um, okay, so, yeah, so I guess you do get next week too to kind of figure that out. But, um, you know, I, they definitely need to start that off. You know, it took a loss. If you guys remember, we talked. I kind of compared this to Lincoln Riley situation when he came in with P. Ryan and Mixon. You know, everybody wanted to know how well is this guy going to run the ball and what's traditionally an air raid pass-heavy offense. And it took him some time to figure that out. Bob gave him the room. He did it. Uh, and then eventually it just kind of took a loss to Texas to finally step up and say, okay, we're going to 100% commit to this thing and go. Uh, so maybe that's what happens. When they go back and look at film, they have to, have to. I don't care what kind of offensive coordinator you are. He has to have seen some options and room where he could have ran the ball. There, yeah. there has to be something to him like that. Well, the
3: initial thing is whenever you have what everybody – I think across the board, Big 12 would say the the best running back core as far as death wise in the conference. Mm-hmm. You got to give them the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just common sense to me. So, I, I it better happen this week. If not, they have they have bigger issues than what we thought.
1: What did you guys think of uh, as far as Greer? I don't know that I got to get. I mean, I know we we talked. He thought he had a really big second half. Do you? What kind of? I guess what I'm asking is, what kind of what kind of improvement do you see from him? Maybe this week after last week, some things you expect to maybe see him do better.
0: I thought he played pretty good, yeah. actually. Outside of the first quarter, I was kind of down on him in the first quarter. But as the game progressed, he got more comfortable. I thought the offensive line blocked better for him. Mm-hmm. You saw him start using his legs to make some plays. And, I mean, I think that's the career that we all expected to see, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that.
3: Yeah, and I think if they run the ball, it'll help him out even more. I mean, right. it takes take a little bit of the load off of him because it felt like there towards the end of the Virginia Tech game, they, they basically just dumped everything on him, and they didn't have to do that. And I, th- I feel like that was a mistake made then. I mean, you, hopefully they learn from that and, and can – because if you can run the ball, it's going to make him a better passer. I mean, it just gives him another option. It's nothing the defense has to worry about. So, they have to run the football in this game.
1: Yep. You guys expect uh, West Virginia's defense to kind of shut them down this weekend? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought they played pretty good last, last week as well.
1: I thought they did too. And, you know, I thought they got pushed around a little bit on the defensive line at times. Now there was times they did really good. Um, I always forget his name. And Skyler has to remind me. That young freshman, defense that nose tackle, I always forget his name. Uh, Lamont McDougal. Um, he's, I think, a future star, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I think this guy is going to be a beast. He was so I, I he was one of them guys that uh, he you just your eyes just jump to him like on on during live game and you know they, it, and to me that takes something. There are certain kind of players like that that you just wow. Uh, and he was, I mean, he was just wrecking shop through there, dude. Whatever he wanted to do. So, um, and he's like I said, he's only a freshman. I, the kid's a monster for a freshman. You know he's not very tall. He's only maybe six foot. But I mean he's just he's 300 pounds of just thick nasty strength. So um, I expect him to have some success. To get I I think he has a big day. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think he ends up with quite a few tackles. He wrecks a lot of people up in the middle. Um, you know I, I will want to see a little bit more from their front seven in this game. Well, in their case front six I guess for the most part. But yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more from them in this game because. Not that they did necessarily terrible last week, but just traditionally they have been getting pushed around in this league, especially against the better offensive lines, uh, and to the point where they've had to bring in help against some of these teams. So, you know, this needs to be a game where they can play their position and not have to bring in help to do that. You know what I mean? So that's what I want to see from them. Um, You guys have any other thoughts on this before we move along through the schedule here?
3: No.
0: No, I would expect this to be kind of get out of hand early and yeah. be over with. Yeah, I think it would be
1: kind of like the last ones. Now, I will say last year they only won by like – or last time they played they only won by like 10 points or something like that. What was did? Uh, I'd have to look at the year. It was 2000. I have it right here. Hang on one second. Is that when Riley was there? Hang on one second. I got the year. It was uh 2009. Yeah. Was the last year they played there? See, I think so, this is
0: a better team than 2019. No? Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I would think so too. Um, they, yeah, because when they came to the Big 12, they weren't that great. That if you, I mean, the one game against Oklahoma, they were pretty good and did some other things. But when they first got here, they weren't. They didn't have the depth or anything like that. So, uh, and it has been. East Carolina has had some success historically in this in this series. So you know we'll see. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, Virginia, West Virginia leads the series 18 to three all time. So. Other than those few games that they've won, uh, you know, it's it's been pretty lopsided as historically along the way. So, and, and uh, what was that last year East Carolina was really good? Was it 2008, 2009, something like that? I can't remember now. It was around it that time. It
0: seems like it's been more recent than yeah. that, like 2012 or 2011, something like that. It may
1: have been. 2008 was the last one East Carolina won, and that was 24-3. to So, you know, we'll see. I was reading this wrong. I was reading home and away as the games they had won. Uh, the last one they won was 2008. So, anyway, we'll see what goes from there. I mean, again, in a game like that, I, I, there's some things. We we talked enough about West Virginia and what they did last week against Virginia Tech. We need to see them improve on those things. Hopefully they will. The problem is an opponent like this doesn't tell you a whole lot. I definitely want to see them use Karan White more. Um, and he's the receiver White, right? Yeah, Karan. Yes. I always get those two mixed up. <clears throat> um, yeah, I would definitely want to see a third receiver more for them. Uh, it's going to be hard, I think, with those two only receivers that they really leaned on last game to kind of do well. I want to see them do better. So we'll see how that goes from there. All right, next on my schedule, I've got Arkansas and TCU. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh,
1: One thing of note, and I knew I would do this, I lost the kid's name. Pulley is his last name, Uh, is the best corner for Arkansas. He's gone. He got hurt, tore up his pec last game. Uh, He's by far their best coverage corner and kind of their leading corner of this group and really the only corner, in my opinion, that was good enough to run with a lot of these wide receivers. So to me, that's of note for arkansas because they um when you're talking about your best coverage guy going down he led the team and broke up passes last year i mean he was kind of just their do-it-all in the pass defense he's gone uh he's gonna have surgery so um you know we saw a heavy pass a heavy dose of pass from tcu last week Mm -hmm. uh to me they definitely leaned that way Hicks was out. Uh, My understanding is Hicks is back this week from everything I've seen. Has anybody seen anything different of that?
0: That's what I was just looking at. He's he's expected to be back. Yes,
1: everything I saw today, uh, I was watching that Horn Frogs Insider show or whatever it's called on Fox Sports, uh, and they were saying he's expected to be back this week. So, um, you know, to me that's big. But I want to see what what that means for them with a run game. I mean, how many times did we come in here last year in the last half of the season and say they did not give the ball to Hicks enough? Uh, you know what I mean? And that's one of the things I was holding back on with a ranking for them this year is, you know, how much better are they really going to – because if they show uh, more of a an interest to run the ball, they could be really good, I think, to yes. balance it more. Because my whole impetus on holding them back from being a really good team was you can't win if Hill, Kenny Hill has to be your Superman every week. And if they can take that off his shoulders, I think TCU could be pretty good. Yes. Uh,
3: I think this game's going to come down to TCU run defense. If they If they can do – good job up front and hold Brett Bimela's, you know, his, his, you know, three yards on a cloud of dust type Mm -hmm. thing. And he can hold that down. I mean, I I, I think TCU can win this game pretty easily because I I think they have more athletic playmakers on the outside who gives them big playability than Arkansas has. So that that's to me, that's kind of where if I'm TCU fan, I want to see a stop the run.
1: Yeah. And I'm interested to see, like we talked about, definitely on the offensive side, the run. And then I want to see how TCU does against the the run on defense because this team is going to test you, obviously, running the ball. Oh, yeah. They're still built that way. Uh, now they're kind of focused around Dev Wiley. Uh Some Oklahoma fans will remember that name. There was a time where he was going to come to Oklahoma, a real highly talented recruit, I want to say, out of the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. That's right. Uh, well, there was somebody else, Texas or somebody else that was in on him. So some of you big 12 fans may remember that name, but, uh, he is their starting running back now, did a spectacular job last night or, or, uh, what's the first night last weekend, whatever Saturday night they played. Uh, he's got a backup freshman, a kid that behind him. And I, his name escapes me. I apologize. I meant to have it in front of me and I forgot to get it. Uh, that kid is, did really well last week too. The, that one, two punch at running back is going to cause you some issues. Uh, so DC fans, those are the two that you need to focus on. Cause that is going to kind of be their offense. Now chase Hayden Hayden. Okay. Uh, so yeah, definitely focus on the two. Hayden is a power guy. He will now wet ways a little bit more of a do it all guy. But when it comes to running between the tackles and just running you over, Hayden does that very well. Um, Now, as far as the passing game goes, they don't have – I wouldn't say they have like a – kind of like Oklahoma, there's not just a – there's not a Des Bryant, okay, on the roster. I don't think there's anybody like that. But Allen did a great job of – of getting the ball around to everybody, um, you Cornelius, know. Cornelius is probably
3: their best receiver. Who?
1: Cornelius. Okay, the best yeah. Receiver. Um, they, they, you know, they're not bad by any means. Right. They've got some big physical guys. They're just not, you know, going to dominate you with one guy. Uh, I want to say something like nine guys got a ball last week uh, in the Arkansas game. Now again, they were playing FAMU or FAMU, whatever the heck it is. I think uh, Florida a.m Florida A and M, if I can talk. It's um, probably a little bit better than the opponent TCU played, but you know not, not enough, much. not enough to say, you know any kind of real comparison of the two. So that's definitely something to watch. Um, I feel like t- TCU secondary can have enough success shutting down the pass game. Uh, as you guys know, they got a real experienced secondary coming back. They're pretty good uh, if they can stay healthy. Um, you know, I feel like they'll do a good job of shutting this group down, to where it pretty much comes down to whether or not Arkansas can control the game and run on them. Uh, Colin, you got any thoughts on this game that you want to share with anybody?
0: Uh, I mean, this is definitely one of the more interesting games in the Big 12 this week. I'm kind of with Kendall. If they can shut down, or if they can, well, for me, if TCU can establish a, a run game and stop Arkansas from running the game, you know, that's going to uh, kind of be key this game. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a little bit of notes, if you if you're interested. I, I think some of this stuff's fascinating. Uh, Brent was 41 and four all time against non-conference opponents during a regular season in his 12-year head coaching career. So obviously a lot of those came with uh, Wisconsin because he hasn't been as successful as an Arkansas coach, I would say. But uh, you know, obviously there was a big rematch last year. Uh, you know, and all that. And some of you guys are familiar with this series, so uh, you know I'm excited. Is there? Uh, Jace Allen, the quarterback for Arkansas, the one thing I want to see, uh, you know, last year he was 17 of 29 for 223 yards and two touchdowns. Three touchdowns, I'm sorry. So I'm curious to see if he can be that effective against them or not. Because uh, if he can pass in the ball, it will open up the run game and that will give him some, some issues. So to me, that's kind of, for me, the focal point. Because I think Arkansas will be able to run. I think TCU will be able to throw. It's going to kind of be the other two for each one that kind of, I think, decides this game, obviously. So.
3: And th- this is a big game for the 12. I mean, after last week's failures with with some of the some of the teams, you know, against non conference power fives, to me this is a big game. Mm-hmm. If they can go out and win this game right here, it, it would definitely help the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, no, it, it must definitely would. Uh, a couple a couple more real quick numbers uh, to go with Allen. He's seventy three point four percent completions percentage last week. Uh, so he was uh, let's see, he had. 260 what does that say oh he was before a 61 percent passer so he obviously had a field day uh against that team so you know that'll be something to watch if again if i if he can have that kind of success against tcu i think they could be in trouble so that's definitely something to watch um defensively the little bit i got from arkansas watching them again against a really weak opponent it was hard to tell um nothing special really uh their defensive line can be pretty solid at times uh, they, to the point that I think it could provide somewhat of a test for TCU, but when it comes down to it, I feel like TCU is the better of the two teams, yeah. uh, plain and simple. I don't really know I how agree. else to put it. Uh, TCU definitely has more talent, put it that way. Um, you know, as far as how they develop it and who plays the best of the two, we'll see. But I think, like, I definitely think TCU's got more talent on the roster. So, uh, and that's not something that I would have said two years ago when we first started seeing these, these guys play. So, all right. Anything else you guys want to add to this game before we move on? Did I mention the time on this game? I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember. 230. 230, mm-hmm. and it's on the SEC – or CBS. Yes, CBS. So, uh, you guys get Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson, who are my – Brad Nessler's probably my favorite um, announcer of anybody. I really miss him being on.
0: Uh, I was going to say, it'll be interesting to see if they try to get Turpin more involved this week. So, I noticed that looking at last week's stats, he only had one
1: yes. one touch. Yeah, did not do much last week you know, at that, all. Depending mm-hmm.
0: on his health, obviously, he's kind of key because mm-hmm. he's, he's just a guy that can take it to the house anytime he touches the ball.
1: Yep. Yep. So we'll we'll see how that goes from there. Oh, I forgot. Paul Rhodes is the defensive coordinator for this team now. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten about that. That completely escaped me. I didn't seen Maybe that name. Big Twelve tie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll be see, we'll be interested to see that. Vernon Hargraves is the inside linebackers coach. Hmm. Okay. Here we go. Moving on. On mine, I've got Texas and and uh, San Jose State next in the in the group here. Uh, you know, they both come. Uh, see, San Jose State's now one and one because they played in Week Zero. Uh, if that's a little confusing for some of you. Maybe you didn't even realize there was college football that first weekend or last weekend in August. Uh, so, you know, they're – on this game, man, I've thought about it a lot. I expect Texas – if Texas doesn't come out and just win this game and win it with some authority, I've given up hope already on this team, guys. Well, doesn't
0: well, this game just seem like a game that Texas needs to try to establish the
1: run game? They need to establish oh, ass-whippings. Within. Well, you that's, that's what I'm
0: talking about. This yeah. is going back to the physical play. You have – Obviously, you're going to have a superior offensive line. You should be able to dominate the trenches. But you they should have, have last week. Well, but you have two <laughs> really good running backs. Get them involved. They did not run the ball well last week. Mm-hmm. Michelle's banged up. You don't know if Ellinger or him or he is going to start. Mm-hmm. Run the dang football, right? Yep.
3: Yeah, that's that's what they just broke. Is just that that uh, Michelle is a game time decision now. So it's yeah, we it's, saw that. We yes. So yeah. I mean, it's that that's I mean to me, even without Michelle, you should be able to go out, and stomp a mud hole, and san jose state mm-hmm. it, it, they should they have they have talent more across the board all, all over than san jose state so if they don't then there's there's some issues brewing here guys
0: see and here yeah. here's an interesting an interesting thought if ellinger does go out and play and plays well does he wally pit bichelle
3: man I, I don't think even he, though
0: bichelle played really well in the first game that's what
3: i'm saying yeah bichelle played I, so strong he, that first he, game he played well he played well enough to win that was you know I I don't see it happening. I mean, you got to look at the competition level too. I mean, I I I'm a big Elger fan. I think he has potential to be a very good quarterback. But I just if he does, then I, I, it would just shock me. To well, be honest.
0: My, my thought process in asking that question is that we've heard the whole time that Ellinger's is a better fit for what Herman wants to do offensively. That Bouchelle just he was the incumbent and he had a good spring, so he got the first try potentially if he goes out and plays well and you know executes what Herman's looking for mm-hmm. is there a chance i mean i, 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 I would well, agree i don't he, think it's a good chance well let me
3: ask you this going into the next game against USC who would you rather have out there would you rather have Bushell oh, Bushell out there definitely. or would you rather have elger there for to go to la at
1: least starting the game yeah. under that buchel now that may change uh, once he gets a chance to settle in or whatever, but and you know, if nothing else, to, to Colin's point, you might see somewhat of a, a more of a dual system at that point until they do figure that out. But I'm not a fan of that. Either. I don't either. But I don't know. At the same time, I think Herman's going to do whatever it takes at this point because right, he already
0: has the really bad look of losing to Maryland. He's
1: lost some of his room for his margin for error already right off the bat. Well, yeah, so, you have
0: people already have created a website it, to getting fired if he
1: would have. Yeah, <laughs> if he would have beat Maryland, fair. And then beat this, and then won this game, and they would have got housed by USC. I don't think it would have been that big a deal. Right. Well, but now if they get housed by USC after losing to Maryland, I think there's going to be some some chatter.
3: And I think there's if there's any chance that Michelle is banged up enough where you're so worried about him going a game time decision, I almost hold him back. I would yeah. rather have him a lot more healthy going into the USC game exactly. than I would go in this yeah. game. This game yeah. really—you should win this game no matter what. If there's
1: if there's no chance he's going to be 100 percent healthy and fine, and, and then I'm playing Ellinger probably in this game. I mean, you should I be Ellinger. able to put Duvernay at quarterback and
3: win this game. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, theoretically, yeah. yeah, you should
1: be able to. Yeah. Um, scoring offense, you know, the Texas has definitely been a, better offensively in one game than San Jose has in two. Uh, almost doubled them up in points. Uh, you know, first downs—they've been. Uh, about pretty equal per game from a per-game standpoint. Uh, So, you know, San Jose moves the ball, can't score it as well as Texas has been able to, so we'll see how that goes. Um, You know, San Jose is really soft defensively, guys. Like, I like really soft. Um,
0: One question there. When you're factoring in scoring, are you factoring in just total points or the offensive? Because Texas only scored, what, two touchdowns?
1: Well, it's the points per game on this one. That's what I'm looking at. So, yeah, I mean, however you want to figure that out. Yeah, Texas only had two offensive touchdowns. I was going to say, Texas is kind of the same
0: situation. They moved the ball, but they couldn't Mm. punch it in the end zone. Yeah,
1: that's fair. That is definitely fair. Uh, From the rushing game standpoint, Texas is obviously one game, averaging 98 yards per game. Uh, San Jose's had 190. So, you know, they're just all kind of interesting stats to me. Uh, Passing yards per game, Texas has quite a bit more, but now Bushell may not play, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, passing defense per game, San Jose State again, you gotta think of the opponents some of them played, but San Jose state's given up about half of what Texas has, so in you two know games. yeah, in two <laughs> games so I'm just saying you gotta there's some interesting numbers there is all I 'm getting at that as I read down through this list it's something that is gonna catch my eye, but obviously they haven't played anybody on paper as technically talented as 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 uh, Texas is, so we'll see how that goes um Anything else you guys want to bring up on this game before we? Did I? I don't know if I mentioned the time on this game. Let me back up at to the top well, real quick.
0: Well, one thing while you're looking for that, what I would say is if you're Texas fans, you have to hope the defense actually shows up because they did not last game. And Mm-mm. they've got to come out and they need to start playing quote-unquote, Texas football again. Mm. That, that was an embarrassing effort, and they've got to do better than well, that.
1: Well, that's my point, is they've got to assert themselves in this game. This is a game you need to send a message. Right. If you're a Texas fan, if you're, I mean, a Texas player, you need to send a message. You, Tom Herman needs to calm the fan base down. <laughs> as hard as it is for me to say that after one game, which I know, guys, it was unexpected. It kicked all of us in the stomach. None of us saw him losing that game either. Uh, I think we all thought there was a chance it could be a decent game, but none of us came out and said Texas is losing that game. No. So, I think I
0: was one of the the more reserved ones, and I just, I picked Maryland to cover, mm-hmm. but it was all, even with uh, Texas scoring, or winning the game by like 14 is what I
1: said. Mm-hmm. Right well, even like, I, t- I picked them to Texas to cover, but told Brady, hey, there's a chance they're probably not going to cover that spread, just because I, but on paper, they should have, so that's why I went with it, you know yeah. what I mean? But in no way was I comfortable about saying Texas was going to cover <laughs> that spread. Uh, I mean, 18 was, you know, they haven't done enough to prove that the last few years, so Uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. The game is, uh, 2.35 our time, central time, uh, against, uh, San Jose State. Uh, if you're guessing that's a weird time, Fox offsets, I'm guessing, is this Fox?
3: No, it's Longhorn Network. Oh,
1: it's Longhorn Network. Okay, I'm sorry. Fox offsets, there's a 2.35, so that is a weird time, 2.30. I know, is it 2 or 2.30 they normally talk games in the afternoon? Okay. Okay, I'm thinking differently. All right. so yeah, that, that one, uh, I guess if you have Longhorn Network, enjoy the game. Uh, I do, but I don't know if I'll be watching that. It depends on what else is on at the time. So, uh, and then I'll have to go back and watch it later. So, all right. Uh, anything else we want to add to this one before we move along to the next one? No, okay. nope, just
0: time for them to uh, assert themselves. Yes, the they
1: need case. to. Yeah, I don't care how. You just need to talk about total domination in that game. Uh, okay, moving on. The next one on my list is Kansas State and Charlotte. This is another one for Kansas State that's kind of a, a yawner. Um, Charlotte comes into this game 0 and one uh, after getting, you know, beat up pretty good last week. I don't remember what the score was. Now I lost it. I had it in front of me. But they got beat up pretty good last week by somebody. Uh, <clears throat> and that's going off the stats, too. The stats weren't very appealing for them either. Eastern Michigan. Uh, Eastern Michigan. Is that who it was? 24-7 to 7 lost. Yeah. To Michigan. So, yeah, they got beat up pretty good there. And Eastern Michigan is not, you know, great or anything. They've lost a lot of their good key offensive players. I remember seeing that. So, um, so you know, Charlotte's not anything tough that you got to worry about, really. Um, you know, it's really hard to to, to preview this game because what are they not going to be able to do? I mean, Kansas State's going to do anything they want to pretty much. Well,
0: for me, what I would like to see is I want to see Kansas State get back to their type of football. You don't really have to worry about trying to throw for 300 yards in this game like they did last time. And I know last week's stats were kind of a product of big plays. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of big plays in the passing game. They didn't really run the ball that well, in my opinion. They didn't really try to – and, again, they didn't really have to, but mm-hmm. – I'd like to see him focus more on the run game, get back to what we know they are, and obviously come out of this game healthy. Uh, yeah. That'd be a big key, kind of going into that big game against Vanderbilt next week.
1: Uh, Kendall, what do you – is there a certain part of the game that if you're Kansas State, if you're Bill Snyder, that you want to focus on in this game, that you really I, want to try to exploit and see if you can do a little better?
3: I, I definitely think it is establishing the run and then just just Ertz continuing on with his his – lately his accuracy Mm -hmm. as long as he's hitting his passes accurately and then getting some form of run game going because that that's two things they're gonna need to carry into Vanderbilt next week so that's two things they'd really need to focus on this week
1: yeah no most definitely um uh is there a defensively is there something you'd like to see I mean it's just a total nominal total domination uh is there something you'd like to see them really shine at this weekend
3: well, I mean, I, they should be able to dominate this team. I yeah, mean, I know. That's team. what I mean. There's it, not they sh- much they should, should, can't really do yeah, at this they sh- point. So they, they should be better across the board on defense than what uh, Charlotte lines up on offense. So, mm-hmm. they, as long as they go out and play, which one thing about both star teams, they usually come out to play. Yeah. So, I, I would expect them to come out right from the get-go and play a good bit of football. So, that's that's what I would expect to see.
1: Colin, is there uh, any word on Ertz? Have we heard anything Is it, whether or not he's going to play this week?
0: I have not heard anything, no. I still
1: haven't seen if they've even announced his injury.
0: I don't think, I don't think it's even that bad of a deal to be honest. Maybe not as bad as they thought it was. No, the I game I think week. it's it's something that's not going to be a big issue to be honest.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I, to me, again, there's not much they can't do right in this game. I think they're going to do about whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is they played two soft opponents so far. Uh, really, to me, this is just about getting ready for Vanderbilt. Now, is Vanderbilt immediately next week or is yes, there a buy? There's okay. no buy. Okay. Week. So that, to me, if you're a Kansas State fan, enjoy this last little week of no pressure in a game because, you know, next week, Vanderbilt's not very good. They're worse than they were last year, even though they're better at the two they played. But they're definitely better, and they've got better athletes. They still have, you know, lower-end SEC players. Okay, two
0: things. Uh, one, I want to see Alex Barnes be more successful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Last week, I, I'd forgotten, he only rushed the ball nine times for 32 yards. Mm-hmm. For a guy who was getting a lot of – Credibility going into the season as a potential All Big Twelve player, that's not very good considering the opponent last week. And in they, didn't
1: they run the ball like fifty times or something like that. You said uh,
0: th- they rushed thirty one times, times it looks like, okay. and yeah, I mean he had nine. So when you're you're averaging three point two yards a carry as against a, that competition, yeah, yeah, I mean he should be better than that. Also, going back to last week, Kansas State allowed a lot of rushing yards, which is very non typical for a Bill Snyder team. So. Mm-hmm. Going back to your question a few minutes ago, I'd like to see them shut down the run. And I'm sure there was definitely an emphasis this week on stopping the run.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything we know about Charlotte as far as what they do well? I mean, I, I can sit there and go through their, their notes from last week's game and everything, but is there, do we know anything about their players? It's been hard to really find a whole lot on them.
0: <laughs> no. That they have a football team? Yeah, the, that's, that's about what it. I'm, I'm crediting. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if we were doing a Kansas State preview of the game for an hour – yeah, we could really dive into all this, but when we're trying to get 10 games in in an hour, an hour and a half without losing people, it's just hard to get too much into it. Uh, so this should be another slaughter, basically. Yeah, if you want to know if you want to know a few key things about them, I can tell you a few numbers about them real quickly. Uh, they've got a linebacker who needs two tackles. His name's Carrington King. Uh, then he would break uh, some guy named Larry Joby's career record, <laughs> sure. Uh, they've had five consecutive games with a passing touchdown, so I guess that's kind of noteworthy for them. Uh, that's weird in the Big 12 to see something like that be a stat. Uh, 10 career receiving TDs for red redshirt senior, Trent Bostic. Uh, so you might want to keep an eye on that guy. That's probably, I'm guessing, their leading receiver. Well, yeah, it is, looking at the numbers. So Bostic's kind of the guy, the name you want to look at for receiver. Um, 14 tackles last week by redshirt sophomore jeff gamel uh so you might want to look at him on defense as far as you know a guy that is going to try to be involved in a lot of things um let's see here okay 67 receiving yards shy of a thousand in his career for redshirt senior tl for the second so receivers Bostick and ford i would look for that on on charlotte's side of the ball uh defensively i would look at line at linebacker carrington king and i don't know what position he plays but i'm assuming linebacker (laughs) jeff gamel because uh, it doesn't say what position he plays. So, I would look at those two as far as numbers go. Uh, you know, the quarterback, looking at his numbers, seems to be fair. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to torture them by any means. Um, let's see here. I was looking for one other thing. What is? Oh, here's is
0: here's an interesting stat. The head coach for Charlotte, Brad Lambert, is actually an alumnus of Kansas State.
1: Really? Okay, that's cool. That's probably how they got this game done then. Yeah. I guess. Uh, the quarterback, Hassan Clue. That's a name to look for. He's six one, one ninety two. 192, appears to be somewhat of a dual-threat runner, uh, thrower kind of guy. So, um, you know, look for that. Man, they got a lot of guys recruited off the East Coast. Good yeah, it looks,
0: Lord. Looks like they went 4-8 uh, and eight last year.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. They're ninth in great. And, again, if we wanted to dive into this thing, we could really, but we just don't have enough time. Now, I promise you guys this. When we get into the season, we'll be able to break these dan- games down a lot more, yes. obviously, because there's only five games every week. So... Uh, we'll have more time to do that. So uh, stick with this. I know there's not a ton of information, but there's only so much we can do in an hour, hour and a half on this stuff. Well, so, honestly,
3: though, how much can you really talk about? Oh, I know, I know. To, I mean, I'm just trying to be fair to everybody. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know, but it's like it, it's, it's you're, you're if you don't go out and dominate that game,
1: something's wrong. Yep. All right, moving along here on the old down the old pipe here. I've got Iowa State. Uh, oh, Why yeah. do I have them against you and I? It's supposed to be against Iowa. Iowa. I guess it opened the up Cy the wrong. Hawk. I guess it opened up the wrong page. Okay, let me pull that up real quick. So Iowa, uh, Kendall. Obviously, this is your squad here. So you can tell us a little bit about it. I yes. mean, what is what are some of the key things for Iowa State to do this to, weekend?
3: To me, the biggest key of this game is going to be Iowa's offensive line is really good. They're mm-hmm. probably one of the top five or six in the country. They, they have a really good offensive line. Mm-hmm. So it's time for those guys they brought in who were, you know, some of the best JUCO defensive linemen in the country. This, this is where they're going to find out whether they, they belong in big boy football or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this, this is the time. I mean, if they could come out and have a good showing against Iowa and control their run a little bit, uh, it's going to say a whole lot about, the, about these guys they brought in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt like just looking at them on paper – they're the right guys. Now, now this is going to be the game where you're going to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. So to me, that that's probably the biggest key of the game is going to be that because I, I feel like if they can they can stop the run a little bit and slow them down on the run, Iowa State's going to win this football game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like they have better athletes out on their offensive side as far as out wide and can make bigger plays than Iowa can. But uh, to me, it's come down to Iowa State. Can they stop the ball? I mean, can they stop the run? And for that matter, I'm really interested to seeing Joe Lanning as as can he get off blocks and make tackles against a team like this? Because they, it's not going to be an easy task. So, to me, if I'm an Iowa State fan, when I'm watching this game, I want to see how our front seven does against this offensive line. If they can hold their own, Iowa State's going to win this football game.
1: What did you – what was your impressions of Jesse Ertz? Or, I'm sorry, I said Ertz, wrong team. Uh, Laning, Joel Laning. What was your impressions of Joel Laning? And uh, what are your impressions of him going forward, as far as what you think he'll be able to do? Well, I mean,
3: I thought he played pretty well in this, the first game, but I mean, it's it's not Iowa's offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is going to be, other than probably Oklahoma, this is going to be the best offensive line they probably see all year mm-hmm. long. They're they're that good. Mm-hmm. I would say, that, like I said, they're probably top five or six offensive line in the country. So if he plays well in this game and those front seven played well as a, as a unit against this team, they're going to set themselves up well for Big Twelve play. Mm-hmm. So. I I'm really curious to see because I mean last last week to me was a little bit deceiving because you know just based on competition level this week you're you're in a whole other realm of competition so this mm-hmm. is to me is going to be where you're going to see is Landing really a true middle linebacker or is he just filling a spot because they have a need there?
1: Well, did he do much in like quarterback last game? He only had like one rush, didn't he? That's yeah, what really I was thinking. It wasn't much. Do you? No. Ex- I mean, the other who's the backup? I'm forgetting his name now. The backup quarterback. Oh, God. Um, Zeb, Zeb, yeah. How's did are we gonna see much from him? You think in this no. game? No, to me
3: this is gonna be one where you leave your starters in the whole time, and they're gonna need to. I mean, to me this is gonna be a close ball game. It's it's, it, to me it's gonna go down the four quarters. This game. So I so was, I don't.
1: Iowa, in your opinion, is good enough that this is going to be a, a matchup all the way down to yeah, the end. Yeah,
3: especially if Iowa State can't control their, their run game, it, it's going to be a back and forth ball game the entire day. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't realize
1: that Iowa still had
0: Wadley. Yes, they yeah, yes. they've got
1: some players. I just, I know there's been some rumors out there that they've lost quite a few players, so I'm curious to get y'all's take on how good Iowa was going to be for Iowa State this weekend. Yeah, no, I mean personally, I mean I said
3: it in the summertime, Iowa State's a this ball game because mm-hmm. uh, so I just, I just feel like they're, they're on the verge of making that jump. And so to me, this is that first the first big step doing that is this game right here. Mm-hmm. And being at home in Ames, I know it's gonna be a wild environment. To me, with part being the quarterback too as far as full term and being able to hit those receivers, those big receivers against Iowa, I, I I'm staying the Iowa State's going this ball game. I have been saying it for two months now.
1: This is uh Iowa's first year in a few years without the uh, quarterback uh Bethard. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to watch that and how that goes uh, you know, I'm with you. I I don't see any reason why Iowa State doesn't win this game. It's in, in 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 Ames, and all that. So I just I don't see any reason why they shouldn't pull this game out. Um, you know, I am I'm, I'm gonna watch it because this will be the best group of players they play, at least in my opinion, until they get into Big Twelve play, obviously. So, what I'd like to see is how they match up in some areas defensive line. I'm I really want to see some defensive line play better and all that.
3: I mean, just just to give you an idea, like Iowa's quarterback last week, last week only threw 15 passes. So. Mm-hmm. So, I mean the, – they're, they're not a pass-heavy they're, offense No, they're, anyway. they're, they're going to put their hand in the dirt and try to run over top mm-hmm. of you. So, that's what I said. This is the biggest test Iowa State's going to have, probably until they see Oklahoma as far as facing an offensive line like this. Mm-hmm. So, if they come out and play well against it, I, it bodes well going into the Big 12 play for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. I want to see Iowa State's defensive line, how linebackers do, you know, with landing and everything, how the secondary does. I'm sure Moyle will have a field day on some of these guys – uh, you know, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Iowa, I just I don't really see an area <clears throat> looking where I just feel like they're gonna be able to just give Iowa State a ton of problems. I think they'll give them some issues, obviously, but I don't think it's gonna be anything crazy. So especially, I don't think they're gonna have very much success defending the pass. Iowa State's gonna give them a pass attack like they haven't seen in Iowa in several years from Iowa State. So, you know, they don't they don't they don't uh, go against that much in the Big Ten if at all, hardly. So. We'll see how they do with that. Anything else you guys want to add to this little matchup before we go on down the line here? uh,
3: To me, it's going to be a fun game. I mean, this is one of those rivalry games that you like to watch. So, even if you're not a fan of Iowa State or Iowa, this game would be a fun game just to tune in and watch Mm because you're going to see two teams get after each other. So, I – it's always a fun game to watch the games like this. Yeah, yep. this is and
0: an it, early kickoff, right? Yes. This
1: is. Yep. It's. Uh, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry, oh Oh, no, I was looking at the wrong one. Is this 11. eleven? Yeah, yeah. 11, 11, eleven. o'clock. I don't know why it keeps showing you and I at the top of this page. And I promise Everybody you, and I,
3: the people in Ames will be, be nice and lubed up at eleven a.m. because <laughs> they, they're going to get after because they, they do not like each other. So I mean, it's one of those games where the fans don't like each other, the teams don't like each other. It's just one of those fun games to watch. So. If you, if you get up early Saturday morning and turn on this game, it'll be fun to watch. Maybe yeah. Our, maybe
0: our buddy K-Bear will be up there uh, leading the crowd. I'm sure.
1: Um, at uh, This is on ESPN slash ESPN2, so I'm guessing depending on where you live in the country is which, which channel it's going to be at. I finally found it. I don't know why they keep headlining this with you and I on this game. But, uh, yeah, 11 a.m. Uh, against Iowa in Ames, ESPN, ESPN2, so check that out. Uh, anything else we need to add to before this one? And, and you're right, this will be an exciting game for eleven o'clock. Probably. Well, it's
0: another big game for the Big Twelve. Yes. Yes. We, we need, to need to win yes, this game.
1: Most definitely, we need to, to mention that. Uh, next in line, we got Baylor against UTSA. Uh, Kendall, yeah. this is also your team here. So, the, the, well, your thoughts on this one?
3: Well, look, looking at it two weeks ago, I would have said uh, not a whole lot about this game. No. You know, just kind of looking at it, but then after the the. Vaughnry of the Liberty game. You could look at this game. This is kind of an important game. Mm-hmm. Just, it's a must win. Yeah, just to kind of shore up some of the issues they had last week. So, I mean, I, I'm actually see how they what they do with Solomon. You know, are they continue just going to ride him the whole game? Mm-hmm. Are they going to look into maybe getting Smith in there a little bit? Like, I, I'm I'm kind of curious what's going to happen here in this game because this this turned into a kind of a must win game overnight that I wasn't expecting to happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, UTSA is. I think it was last year, maybe in the year before, they were removed from being one of the worst teams in FBS. Um, they've been
0: okay for for a number of years. They made Probably a bowl like game. Was it last year they
1: made a bowl game, or the year one year they didn't make a bowl game? Or the last year, or the year before, they've been you know pretty soft in places. Uh, well, was
0: Larry Coker. He he he's the one that started the program. Or yeah, the coach that, their initial. But for, yeah. since Frank Wilson has been there, it's been a pretty decent program. I mean, they've, it's obviously. Still trying to get really get its footing, but was
1: it last year or the year before the OSU played them? It's been a couple years, yeah. A couple years, years ago. okay. Uh, they've never played each other, there's no history here between these two programs. Uh, the game before I forget it, is 7 p.m. Central Time on FSN. Uh, so find your local FSN affiliates, Fox, Fox Sports Southwest. I'm assuming for most of you, will be the one. Uh, I know DirecTV. That's channel 676. So you can probably find it on there if you have DirecTV. Um, you know, I, I I just really don't know what to take of this game, guys. It's just going to be a watch game because I Baylor. There were so many issues with Baylor. Like I don't have confidence. I, is there anything you have confidence in saying Baylor's going to do well?
3: Um, after watching last week, no. Yeah, and after I mean losing, uh, what's his
1: name? They were the Hasty. Back. Hasty, Hasty. Hasty. So well, that's, I, yeah,
3: that's
0: kind of what I was going to
3: go to. They they've got to find a way
0: to, of course, uh, once again establish the run. Who are they going to use? I know John Lovett, it looks like, carried 14 times for 89 yards last week. Mm -hmm. Are they going to – is he going to be the primary back? Is there somebody else that they want to bring in that maybe wasn't ready last week? Mm Because I know – is it Williams? Is that their right name? Uh, Yes, yes, yes. He's still still out. Mm -hmm. You have Hasty out. So, none of the backs you're actually going into the season planning on counting on Mm -hmm. are even available to play. Yep. So, that puts even more pressure on the wide receivers to produce or the young guys to step up at running back.
1: One thing of note, last week Baylor had five scoring drives of two minutes or less in the season opener. So that's something to watch. If they can uh, score, you know, if, if you're going to score at all, that's great. So maybe they do it quickly. They're going to need to kind of slow down and possess the ball, though, I would think, because that's a lot of what kind of beaten Liberty. Well, yeah, they scored, I, but they scored so quickly they didn't do anything with the clock.
3: No, I mean, I don't think the roadrunners are going to have a quarterback like Liberty. No, know. they that clearly don't. Yeah. The ball. Like all over the place. On yeah, he I mean, did whatever. He, 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 had he had a heck of a game. But
1: I do think UTSA is gonna have a little bit better players probably than Liberty did. See, and that's all so we they see. should on paper anyway.
0: We
3: got to see if the Baylor
0: secondary can step up and stop anybody. Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know if, if Baylor has some success. I'm assuming it's gonna be throwing the ball. And that's one thing they did do well. If you remember, the one thing I thought they did well the whole game was deep balls. And they threw the ball downfield well. Not necessarily deep balls, just throwing the ball downfield. They did it well. Solomon had a good job. Did a good job with that. So. Uh, we'll see how that goes uh, again. This is just going to be another learning experience for us and Baylor to kind of gauge where they are.
3: Yeah. After, after the last week, I mean, I, I'm kind of in a wait and see pattern with, mm-hmm. with Baylor just trying to figure them out. You know, I think they're still trying to figure each other out. So I mean, yep. it's, it's, we'll have to just wait and see what happens.
1: Uh, moving on to the next one I got on my list here, Oklahoma state, South Alabama. This one's probably going to get pretty ugly. Um, you know, you two are more than welcome to, is there much we need to know about South Alabama? Uh, is there anything they do well?
0: Well, they're a team that's kind of built their team through Junko ranks, from what I've what I've heard. So mm-hmm. they, they do have some guys that have D one experience that are playing there. With that being said, they're a newer program. Yeah, I was to say still... they haven't been around that long. No, and they're they're. For, uh, I listened to a podcast the other day with one of the guys that cover them, and they're basically still trying to establish themselves in a pretty crowded football state. If you think of Alabama, you have Bama, Auburn. UAB Troy, mm-hmm. it's a pretty well-established program, so there's not much of a fan base at this point. Yep. It it, it will be interesting to see, you know, um, will the running backs for um, South Alabama have success on the defense? That was a question mark with OSU's oh, Really, I, I don't know if the quarterback runs the ball at all, but that that sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. You know, as at, traditionally OSU struggles with the running quarterbacks, and last week it was really evident that that hasn't been addressed yet. So we'll, we'll <laughs> see how that goes, but. Really, I'm kind of interested to see if some, if this quarterback can actually throw the ball, you know what what kind of tests this uh, receiving core will be for the OSU secondary, because they mm-hmm. haven't really been tested yet.
1: No,
3: no. well, and I, I want to see Oklahoma State come out early and, and play good. I mean, you know don't don't overlook this team, don't be thinking about next week we'll get spit or whatever. Just come out and play good football right from the start. To me, mm-hmm. that'll be a good sign, and another thing is it's a weird game. it's Friday night game. You know, I don't know how Oklahoma State, you know, being one of the top ten teams in the country, you got a Thursday night game and a Friday night game back-to-back. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not something that you normally see. Yeah, it's not well, very so, good.
0: Going back to the, the off season, OSU actually picked this to be a Friday game. After the Tulsa game became a Thursday oh, yes. game, they did it to get the extra day of rest against Pitt instead of it throwing it off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a strange situation when you're playing a Thursday game and then a Friday game for any Power 5 school.
3: Right.
1: Uh, this game's at 7 p.m. on ESPN two. This is the second time in the history of the program the Jags have played host to a top 25 team. Uh, second time in two years. Obviously, last week they lost to an Ole Miss team that's okay, not anything great, not anything special. Uh, they lost to them 27 to 47. So they were able to put up some points there. Uh, you know, and you know they didn't quite get to 50. So that's got to be good news for South Alabama there. Um, uh, but they haven't seen anything like the offense they're getting ready right to face. So. No, um, I would
3: say that the strongest part of, of South Alabama's defense is the linebackers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know they're probably going to try focusing focus on stopping the run, which to me kind of plays into Oklahoma State's favor. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you focus on that, then they can torch you uh, out wide. So, they should be able to get up early and, you know, put their foot on the gas and, and cruise. But, you know, that's only if they come out ready to play at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. So, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. See,
0: that that's another interesting thing. With, in the Tulsa game last week, to me, the, the play calling was great. As an OSU fan, you you become so used to when they're playing these lower lower tier teams that they're very conservative. They're just running the ball and they they get up a little bit and then they pull you know pull everything back. Last week they went for the throw. Basically, I thought yes. the entire first half would shock me because that's not traditionally a Gundy team, and that's mm-hmm. what they need to do. Yeah, I I would like to see yeah. that again this week. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, most definitely. Uh, defensively, let's see here. I was looking for and I lost it. Passing ten pass passing yards. Uh, defensively, UTSA gave up 429 last week. Um, you mean, South Alabama. I'm sorry. I said it says USA, so I read to UTSA. They did not remember <laughs> University of South Alabama. Yeah, they gave up that many last week, 429. So we'll see. You know. I don't know. is probably going to throw for 700. <laughs> so, uh, you know, let's so. see how that goes. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see, too. I would like to see Gundy, if it gets bad enough, get another quarterback in there. Because uh, I think it's going to help you guys. You need to. Rudolph's had a little bit of an injury issue in the past. You know, nothing crazy, but there's a chance he gets hurt. You definitely want to see what else the quarterbacks can do. So I would like to see that for Oklahoma State. Definitely, uh, I would like to see some more assertiveness and running the ball. Continue to go with that and grow with that, uh, and then also get comfortable with those those shift changes with the receivers. I'd like to see him do that a little bit more. Uh, defensively, you know, there was a few players I was impressed with, but I would definitely like to see him send a message up front and in the secondary both. So you know, we'll see how that goes going forward. Uh, next one, I, I don't have another one on my list. Who's next? Kansas I missed someone. Kansas. Michigan. Is that the last one? Yes. Kansas, for some reason, I did not pull them. Hang on one second. I got it right here. Kansas, Central Michigan. Okay. Uh, You know, let see. I guess this is calling squad here. Central Michigan. What do we know about them versus last year? Uh, They, what? Don't, have the,
3: they don't have a Hail Mary play in them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they, they lost a lot. I mean, yes. yeah. Yeah. is it Cooper Rush? Is yes. was mm-hmm. he, he was a quarterback. He was good for years. Yeah, and you lose a guy like that, it, it's obviously going to hurt the team a lot. I mean, he's a, basically, I think he's a backup Quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys now yeah. was how good mm-hmm. he was coming out, but yes. yeah, um, I, I don't know a lot about how they are this year. I will say that Kansas, is, you know, based off of what I saw last week, Kansas is definitely better offensively, mm-hmm. and that that was always a question mark for them last year. It was the first first year I actually really paid attention to really any Kansas athletics outside of basketball, but. Mm-hmm. The offense looks better this year. They seem to have, you know, actual plans. The players are starting to get a little better. I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do with the running game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, will Dom Williams, will he be the starter? He led the team in carries last week. Does that continue? Or mm-hmm. are they going to go to uh, Taylor Martin or Khalil Herbert? Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see how that works out. Steve Steven Sims, he's probably going to get a lot. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, defensively, uh, I think they should probably have their way. I, I Before season – And right now I'm picking them to win this game. Yeah. Pretty handily. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah,
1: I don't think Kansas has any issue winning this game this weekend either. Uh, I would like to see defensively. Obviously, they lost some guys defensively from last year, Uh, you know, that we want to see them try to be pretty good there if possible. But without – you know, they don't Cooper Rush at Michigan. I'm not sure how good offensively they are. We'll find out this week. I mean, you know, trying to monitor the entire Big 12 and top 25 nationally, it's hard to worry about the Central Michigans (laughs) of the world. So – There's not a ton I know about them at the moment, but we'll learn about them this weekend. Um, Is there anything, uh, you know, personnel-wise we need to look for? Is there anybody hurt, uh, out? I didn't hear of anybody. I didn't either. I didn't see any injuries for Kansas. So they should be okay there. I don't have a broadcast for this game. Does anybody else see one? I don't have anything. Oh, FSN. I'm sorry, I see it now. FSN, to be announced. So I'm guessing it will probably be on your local Fox Sports affiliate if you're in Kansas, probably that's FS Midwest or whatever it is. Yeah, it looks like it's 3 p.m. So 3 p.m. kickoff. 3 p.m., yep, on Central Time. So
0: uh, To me, if you're Kansas in this game, what you want to do, you want to see Peyton Bender come out and continue to develop. This is key times when, when you're playing teams like this. You want to try to get some synchronization down with his receivers, everybody come out healthy again, and just – run the offense smoothly mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that that's going to be a key to big 12 play for Kansas is yep. actually being able to finish drives and obviously not turn the ball over like
1: last year. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, anything else we need to add to before we move on long and get on out of here? No. I think it's we've real. held these, yeah, I think, I think we've held these good people long enough. Uh, again, as we get into the season, obviously we're going to know more about these teams and games and we'll be able to do a little more of the, uh, for you people that are wanting that insider or good info. There's just I'm sorry, guys, there's 300 FBS teams – or 128 FBS teams. There's only so much we can learn about the Big 12 and everybody well, else. it's
0: incredibly hard to watch team so, games. Yeah,
1: so. I mean, I tried to watch four last weekend, so.
3: So, I guess we need to finish up with the against the spread.
1: Yeah, we need to get yeah. that done and yeah. get the heck out got, of here. we got five I didn't games Get my here. four-year-old to bed.
3: Yeah, I got, uh, I got these numbers from Westgate today at 430, so, I mean, they're pretty up-to-date. And so, uh, the first game we have is the OSI Hawk game. Iowa is a three-point favorite going into Iowa State. Uh, so – uh, let's see here. Corey, you want to go first? Uh, Iowa, Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State all day. Okay. Colin?
0: I'll take Iowa State also. You say, Iowa was the point favorite? Three point favorite. Iowa was the favorite. Yeah. Really?
1: Seriously? Yeah, it's more of us getting a chance to make money off I- Vegas for I- not knowing anything State? about Iowa State. Iowa State.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm picking Iowa State to win the game. So, All right. Uh, next game is a big one for the Big 12. Uh, number 23, TCU is a three point favorite
1: going to Fayetteville. Corey? Boy, I've struggled with this one. I really have because of the history there and how physical Arkansas is. Always. Um, I'm going to take TCU to cover the three, but man, I don't feel good about it. Colin?
0: I will take Especially TCU. as
1: close, close as that potentially could be. Jo-
0: I think that three point line's good. TCU. Yeah, it's
1: pretty fair. Yeah,
0: it's a pretty fair line.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm taking TCU too. All right. Uh, then uh, we'll say the Oklahoma game for last. But uh, number 13 Auburn, this is game right here to me is going to be a great football game. Number 13 Auburn at number three Clemson. And Clemson is a five-point favorite.
1: Good Lord, this is going to be tough because Clemson's throwing that freshman quarterback. Clemson is a how much favorite? Five. And it's in Clemson. Yes. I'm going to take Auburn to cover it. Colin, give me Clemson. Jock?
3: Auburn. Well, I picked Stedham with the Heisman, so I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, <laughs> Auburn on that. Do What? <laughs> St- St- oh, I, you I picked Stedham with pick, St- uh, uh, the Heisman. So I'm, I'm a, I just think he's have a special year. All right, uh, out west we got uh, number 14 Stanford going to number six USC, and USC is a six-point favorite.
1: Man, this is so tough. Cause Stanford looked so good last time I saw them. Um, man, USC looked so poor last week. Ah, uh, God, I'll go with USC, but God, I don't like that at all taking Stanford you said how many point favorites six yeah I'll stick with USC
3: Jack wait who's a six point favorite USC is a six point favorite or Stanford USC USC for Jack alright I'm oh, I'm like you on this one I'm uh, uh, give me Stanford just to cover the points I think USC wins the game All right, and then the big game of the week is number five, Oklahoma, at number two, Ohio State. And I have Ohio State on this at seven-and-a-half point favorite.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think it's going to be close either way. Colin, give
3: me Ohio State, 38-30.
1: Jock?
2: Ohio
3: State. Oh, man. I I waffled on this game like 30 times. The seven-and-a-half scares me. If it had been – Six and a half, I would have picked. Well, <sighs> that's my waffling. I went uh, against
0: my tradition by not picking Bama last week, so i have to keep my not picking A okay. tradition.
3: All right. Well, I, I'm gonna pick Ohio State just because in Columbus. But it, it wouldn't shock me at all if Oklahoma even won the game. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's yeah. not folks there We're gonna have a guest picker, and I'll we'll get Brady's picks as well and put them all in the sight. So oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I wanted to bring Brady the guest picker on the show, but <laughs> <Yeah>. we with <laughs> this interview, we didn't have time to do that. Maybe we can do next week. But I we're gonna talk to somebody from USC next week for the Texas game. So. Uh, anything else we need to get to? News, notes, website, anything like that? No,
0: uh, no we should have some news out on a, a new tech contributor pretty soon, though. Excellent. Yeah,
1: I should get that out tonight, hopefully. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. Uh, if you go to iTunes and you list us on iTunes, please rate us. Uh, and if you hate us, give us some reasons why so maybe we can be better. Uh, we'll be back, uh, let's see, I guess Monday with the uh, review show. Yes, Uh um, week through 12. Yep, and then uh, next week our next middle of next week we'll, when we preview we will have the Texas USC game will kind of be the focal point i'll try to get us a good usc guy to come on and talk to us or woman uh either way so uh, i guess if that's it until next time everybody say bye
3: bye thanks guys see you guys bye Stop.